So here we are, Jen. It's a new year, and I am so excited because this is my very first interview on Zoom, and you are my very first guest. And when we met at the dinner party, I was just getting my big toe into the podcasting world and had just finished my eight-week course. And we talked and you shared with me your profession. And so I want you to share now what it is all about, because I did look online and I learned some fascinating things about it. So go ahead. Um, well, I am an equine hoof care professional. Um, I'm basically like a horse podiatrist. <laughs> um, it's everything from just maintenance, keeping the horse's feet healthy to rehabbing, um, to correcting problems. Um, and it, it encompasses the whole horse. A lot of people think that it just has to deal with the feet, but the feet show everything that a horse goes through stresses, environmental changes, dietary changes. Um, and so it's up to us to figure out what we can do as a professional to help that horse and what the underlying cause is. Um, is it just the horse needs basic foot care or do they need a diet change an environmental change? Um, you know, body work, it encompasses, um, veterinarians as well as, uh, chiropractors, acupuncturists, massage therapists, um, all of that comes into play in the overall health and well-being of the horse. And I just happen to specialize in the hoof care. It is fascinating, truly fascinating, because that was the very first thing I heard from you is that you can tell by the hoof of the horse, the health of the horse. And in reflexology, we do the very same thing with human beings. Yep. And so what really fascinated me is, as I learned about your profession more and more and more, I learned how many horses there are in the United States. <laughs> we have more horses today in the United States than we did prior to the automobile. I was fascinated by that. Wow, I did not know that. <laughs> 9.2 million horses in the United States and over 3 million are for like leisure. Yes. And so it, it's just totally fascinating to me. And then when I also saw that a horse, and correct me because I only research this, I don't know this in person, but that a horse every six to eight weeks needs to be having their hoofs checked. Yes, that is correct. It shouldn't be in the summertime. Their feet tend to grow faster because they're on grass and it's warmer and their bodies just put more energy into things like growing feet. Um, it should be no longer than six weeks. It can be anywhere from two to six weeks, depending on if the horse needs extra care. Um, if it's a rehab case, a rescue case, something like that. Um, and then in the winter, when the weather turns and um, their bodies put more energy into other things like staying warm, creating body heat, growing winter coats, um, the hoof slows down and they don't move as much in the winter either. So they're not wearing their feet either. Um, and you can extend it to six to eight weeks, depending on where you're at. And, and each individual horse is so different. Um, you know, there's some people that if they ride their horse enough, they only need a farrier every couple months just to make sure that things still look good because they're riding them so often. Um, you know, your pasture ornaments that, you know, basically are living like kings and queens and nothing is required of them. They actually might require care more often because 
their feet are just growing because they're getting an abundant nutrition um, and they're not being worked or required to do anything. <laughs> that is so interesting. And also what I thought of when I read this was the fact of how we as human beings neglect very often our feet. Yes. And we yes. don't go to a podiatrist. We don't get help getting our nails properly done. Mm -hmm. And it has nothing to do with, you know, being vain. It is truly how we don't take care of that. And yes. just like the hoof of the horse has to have specialized each individual horse you cannot just take the same horseshoe and put it on every horse. It totally Correct. is individualized. And how we also simply go and buy a pair of shoes and put them on and we go on and, oh, well, we'll stretch them out. <laughs> Not realizing that we as individuals need individuality. So it really, yeah. really, really taught me a lot how, we, how much we can learn from the care of a horse. Yes, that is very true. I learned that myself with, you know, being on my feet all day, I was starting to have to, you know, some foot problems. And so I had to go to the podiatrist and I've got special insoles. They did a 3d imaging of the bottom of my foot and created the insoles specifically for my foot. And yeah, it's exactly what I do for horses. They helped me to do so that I could do my job without pain and to keep proper skeletal alignment and not throw my hip out, my back out. Um, you know, just like we do for the horses, because that all comes into play in how we trim them, how we keep them balanced. It, it helps their overall body and skeletal structure as well as muscles. And I find too, when I read about how your profession is a mixture of the training of part of a blacksmith, and also part of a veterinarian because a veterinarian I found out only gets six hours yes. in horseshoe care of a horse. <laughs> and I go like, wow, what happened? You know, the horse has four legs and this is not such an important part. And so yes. that is where your profession has to go into the health of the horse so very, very much. Yes. Yep. It is. That's, that's why when I, I always tell my clients, you know, if you suspect that it's in the foot, call me first, you know, and then we can figure out whether we need to get a veterinarian involved because as a, as a hoof care professional, farrier, um, trimmer, whatever you want to call it, there's multiple names for the same profession. Um, we are not allowed to diagnose things because we are not licensed as a medical professional, like a veterinarian is. Um, but that's why we work so closely with them. And it's so important to have a good working relationship with the vets in our areas um, because we can, you know, see like, okay, we think that this is going on, this might be an underlying cause. And then we can call the vet in and they can, you know, pr actually properly diagnose it. Then we can come up with a treatment plan um, to really help that horse. So yeah, it is, it's, you know, we are very specialized in what we do and we do, we know more about the hoof care of, a, of an equine than, than most veterinarians do. And, and rightfully so. I mean, they, they have to know so much about so many different animals that, you know, to expect them to know, you know, the fine details, unless they're a veterinarian that specializes in equine hoof care, because there's those two <laughs> that they have <laughs> narrowed down their specialists. Just like with human doctors, you have your general practitioners and you have your specialists. 
um, you know, your family doctors and then your cardiologists and your cancer doctors. It, it's the same in the equine world. That is so utterly interesting. So how did you decide to go into this profession, if I may ask? <laughs> um, I've been into horses my entire life. My parents can't remember a time that I didn't love horses. Um, I always knew that I wanted to do something full-time with horses as a career. Um, living in Michigan, you know, we have winters. So in, unless you have indoor facilities, it's hard to do a lot of things year round. Um, and it was actually my mentor who was my 4-H leader, my riding instructor, um, my trainer, and then my mentor. She was, she's a farrier as well, a hoof care professional. And she was trimming my horses and she's like, Jen, there's a shortage of us and we really need good people. I think you'd be really good at it. And so she taught me, I apprenticed under her. Um, and, and then I also went to conferences, clinics, um, to gain more education. And I'm, I've always been a self-learner as well. So I um, read everything possible, um, research stuff. And 15 years ago, I was like, all right, let's do this. If for no other reason than to take care of my own horses. Um, and so that's where I started. I practiced on my own. I apprenticed under her. I traveled with her. Um, and when she told me that I, she's like, I'd let you trim any one of my horses. I started taking on my own clients and um, she passed some to me because it's still a problem today. There's more horses than we can handle. Um, so for anybody who wants to, you know, looking for a career with horses, <laughs> we need them. We need more farriers. Um, and so, yeah, it was 15 years ago that I decided, you know what, I really like this. I like being able to help them. Um, it's mentally stimulating because, you know, there's a lot of hands-on learning on the job learning. You know, you can read all the books and go to all the different clinics and seminars, but until you handle a case yourself, um, you know, you're kind of like, oh man, where do, what do we do now? And so that's when you start putting into practice all the things that you've learned. And, mm -hmm. and it's, it's a lot of fun. It's, it's honestly, it's a lot of fun. It's gratifying to see how we can help the horses and educate the owners. And yeah, I've never regretted it even in, you know, sub-zero temperatures and a hundred degree temperatures. <laughs> that is wonderful to love what you do. Isn't that absolutely fascinating? Yeah, so yes. How many horses would you say you take care of during the year? <laughs> um, the last count I did, which it's been a couple of years, um, including my own farm, I had close to 600 horses that were under my care. Wow, that is a lot. Yes, yes. I, I think I've cut back a little bit since then because you it's one of those that you can get burned out if you don't keep a balance. Um but I'm, I'm probably still definitely in the 500s. And so, <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> you, you work a, a, a lot then. You do, you work a lot then. Really, truly, you work a lot. And you travel to the farms to take care of these or where the horses are. They don't yes. come to you. You go there, right? Yes. Because I assume that the animal is much more at ease in their own environment to let you come yeah. in rather than the animal being transported and it would make it a very nervous situation. Yes, yes. I, on occasion, I have had a few that have fallen to my farm um, because I wasn't able to schedule them in because I was full and they're like, we'll come to you. Um, but yes, most of the time, I would say 99.9% .9 of the time, um, I go to the facilities and take care of the horses there. And, and not everybody has a trailer to haul a horse either. So, so it works out, you know, for us to travel. 
Well, that is fascinating. So what do you do when you come upon a new horse that is not familiar to you? How do you gain that relationship, that calmness about it? Because I know with my dogs, they don't like you to play with their paws too much. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. And that's, that's a very good question because in some, I, it's funny because I have a friend who did some equine therapy and she said that one of the things that they, that was kind of like a test to see where they were at in their therapy is whether or not they could pick up their horse's feet because it's a trust, you know, the horse mm -hmm. has to trust you. Um, and so I always greet the horse, you know, just spend a few minutes talking with the owner, just petting them, letting them know that I'm not just there to grab a foot, trim it, put it down, you know, that I kind of just to let them know that I want to establish a relationship with them. Um, we evaluate the horse, you know, watch them walk, you know, see if there's any problems, talk to the owner, get kind of some background. Um, but yeah, just, you know, give them a couple treats, you know, scratch them in their favorite spot, stuff like that. Um, and then, yeah, you just kind of give them a neck, neck scratch, go down their shoulder, and then just ask them if they would trust me to pick up their feet. And, you know, most of them are well-trained, well-mannered, um, and it's not too big of a deal, but with rescues or rehabs, when they're in pain, you know, it, it's different. You have to be a little, a uh, little more patient sometimes and, and work with them. Um, but I, I'm very big on trying to understand each individual horse. I, you know, it's not just an animal. It's like, okay, what is this horse's personality? Um, are they quiet and shy? Do I need to be a little softer, a little gentler? Um, I have kind of a big personality. And so some horses are kind of like, Ooh, you're, you're kind of a little much for me at the moment. <laughs> um, and so I try to gauge, you know, that horse's personality and try to just let them know that, that I'm there for a good experience and I'll take as much time as necessary um, to have a good experience. I've had some horses that we did one foot, went and did another horse, came to, back to that one, did a foot, you know, did two feet, waited a week, went back and did the other two feet, you know, so that it wasn't a traumatic experience for them. So do you look into their eyes at first? I love a horse's yes. eyes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, you kind of blow in their nose because that's how they greet each other. They touch noses and, you know, exchange the smell. And so I'll do that with a horse. Definitely look them in the eye, get a feeling for whether, you know, if there's any fear there, if there's apprehension um, or if they're just like a big puppy dog and they're like, I don't care what you do, just pet me. <laughs> um, but yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because I've had, um, I've done a number of rehabs and rescues and you know, they are, they're very insecure at times. Um, a lot of times, even if they desperately need hoof care, if they are brand new to a new facility, I, if they aren't in pain, we try to give them at least a week to settle in a little bit because, you know, if they get there one day, the farrier comes the next day, it can just compile, um, trauma and, you know, then they're, they're just a lot harder to work with. But if you just reassure them, you know, cause they have the mentality of like a two to a five-year-old child. So you have to, you have to remember that they're like a 1200 pound toddler. <laughs> that is fascinating. That is so fascinating. My father always had fjord ponies. Yes. And I just love them. And when people ridiculed him to have fjord ponies, he would say, well, do you have a lawnmower? Because people would say that costs so much and all right. it, it really gave them such excellent care. 
But he would say, don't you have a lawnmower? And how much did that lawnmower cost? And how much yeah. is the maintenance on that lawnmower? And he said, look at all this land and all these meadows I own. And the fjord ponies take care of it really, really, yep. really well, you know? So. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And it's, you know, yeah, because everybody's like, oh, my gosh, they're so expensive and all this. And it's like they can be, but we all choose what we want to spend our resources, time, energy, money, effort, you know, on something. And if you love it, then it's totally worth it. <laughs> yes. And if you do own a horse, you need to take excellent care of it. Yes. Because otherwise it is absolutely a disgrace. I mean, yes. the animal puts their trust in us. It's like your dogs, you know, you go yep. ahead and you, you want to, you know, give your dogs the best care. It's an animal. They trust us. Yes. And so that's what we have to do. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. People need to be educated when they want to purchase a horse, because sadly I've seen that, that, you know, oh, we want to get our daughter a pony. And it's like, well, this is, it's not just putting them in your backyard and letting them eat the grass. You know, like you said, there's the hoof care, there's dental care, there's veterinary care. There's, you know, everything that there is for a dog plus some, I think with, you know, um, you know, worming them and vaccines and, you know, just, yeah. And then the maintenance of just taking the responsibility yourself of proper nutrition and, you know, picking out their feet to make sure that there's not issues going on. Um, and so, yeah, I, when I try to educate my clients, it's, you know, very eye opening for them to be like, oh my gosh, I never even knew that, you know, yeah. horses need a dentist. And it's like, yeah, horses need a dentist. And, you know, and oh my gosh, they have to have their feet trimmed that often. And it's like, yeah, it, you know, people don't understand that if you let the hoof get too long, it throws off the entire, the entire skeletal alignment of their body and puts undue strain and stress on tendons, ligaments, muscles, you know, it, like you said, it's, if we have poor fitting shoes, we feel it through our whole body. You know, it's the same with a horse. If they don't have routine hoof care, they start feeling that through their whole body because it, it literally changes the angles at which they stand and puts added stress on joints and stuff too. So. And that's the same with people again, you know, yep. if people have, especially in the elderly, if their toenails are not cut properly, Yes. It's a huge problem in the way they walk, in the way they yep. stand, and then, of course, choose, you know. We like I said, we learn so much. And with this, we give all the people, men and women, permission to go and get their feet taken care of. Yes. No yep. more guilt that it's <laughs> none of it. It's an essential part, you know? Yes. Yes, it is. And I think that you know, I, I hope that people start to realize that more with the feet, with, with overall, just overall, um, just self body care. We're only, we're only given one body. You have to take care of it. Your feet, your, you know, it's not, it shouldn't be a luxury to go and get a massage or go to get a chiropractic adjustment, you know, and it's the same for horses. It, it shouldn't be something that, you know, is like, oh my gosh, that's so weird or out there. And it's like, yeah, we, we have a skeleton that shifts. We have muscles that get tight, you yes. know? We have feet, like you said, you know, even with people, if you don't take proper care, you end up with, you know, the, not only, um, foot problems, like as far as affecting how you walk, but you know, toenail funguses and stuff. And the same with horses, you know, it's like, you have to be proactive in preventing things, preventative care. 
big on preventative care. If you have the preventative care, it's going to save you a lot of money in the long run from having major vet bills and, you know, uh, farrier bills, because you're correcting something that could have been prevented had you just taken the time, you know, to stay on top of it in the first place. And you extend the life of the horse. Yes. Yep. And just their overall well-being, you know? (laughs) Yes. Yes. So would I be correct in saying happy hooves are happy horses? Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Fantastic. Jen, it is wonderful that you came aboard. I have learned so much. And I thank you so kindly for coming aboard and taking your busy, busy, busy schedule and giving us this time. Okay. Oh, thank you so much. It's an honor. I'm so happy that you asked me to, and it's been my pleasure. Thank you so much. I am going to stop the recording there. All right. (laughs) That was wonderful. Absolutely fantastic, you know.